0: Hi, I'm Shelley, and I'm
1: Nicole and you're listening to the baby pro podcast where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the questions expectant and new parents want to know,
0: such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep and tips and tricks for parenting a
1: newborn. Welcome to the show. So welcome to the first episode
0: of the Baby Pro Podcast. I'm Shelly. And I'm Nicole. And we are so excited to bring you this podcast. This has been something that we've been talking about doing together for a long time. (laughs) It's been a few years. Yeah. So I'm Shelly and I am an international board lactation consultant, a doula, childbirth educator,
1: and infant sleep coach. And I'm Nicole, and I am a childbirth educator, um, spent years working as a CLC, and spent many years as a birth doula and mother of five. Did you do postpartum work too? I did.
0: Yep. Nice. And we've known each other for eight years. Yep. So this week, we're going to be talking about self-care and support after birth. But first, we're going to do a segment called Favorite of the Week. I'm going to have you start, Nicole. What is
1: your favorite obsession for this week? Oh, all right. So I have something new that I want to share, and it's kind of hilarious, a little embarrassing, and you definitely don't want, like, your father to watch. I don't want my father to watch me talking about this. Anyway, Lumi deodorant. It is for underarms, um, bits, and pits, and feet, (laughs) A body deodorant and it is all natural. It has no aluminum, no baking soda, and is naturally scented. I got it online. It touts 72 hour odor control, and I will say that that is absolutely true. I'm pretty much a daily shower, but you know, at the end of the day, you're not as fresh as you want to be, and you don't have to be. (laughs) If you want to use this, and it's embarrassing, sometimes you get caught like in the heat of the moment and you're like shit really could use a fresh shower no you just have this sucker put it on in the morning after your shower and the next morning you're still going to be totally clean and it doesn't smell like anything it doesn't leave you smelling like perfume or anything you just don't smell like anything so mm-hmm. there is my little new joy <laughs> how do you spell it Lumi l-u-m-e okay That was an interesting
0: favorite of the week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, go big or go home.
0: I'm going to go big. That's right. (laughs) Love it. My favorite of the week is I actually just finished reading um, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Have you heard of that? I
1: have heard of that.
0: How is it? It was good. And she makes like a series of books. So I also have You're a Badass at Making Money nice, um, and a couple other things. And I liked it because it was like bite size. You could just read like a page a day. It was like divided into each section was no more than two pages. So Mm -hmm. you could devour the whole thing in like one sitting. It was very easy, quick read, or you could just save like one section a day. And it was a lot of like, um, motivational, inspirational quotes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know, I was posting a lot Mm
1: -hmm. about
0: a lot of her quotes from the book. And I am not like, um, think positive type of person, but <laughs> I did think that what she was saying, was good.
1: which I think is so funny because you and I always joke about our friendship where I'm just like butterflies and you're like serious business mm. and we joke how our yep. friendship is like the odd couple and yet <laughs> it's perfect. Sometimes you can rub off on me some of your qualities and I wish some of yours would rub off on me, <laughs> like as in how to use my everything laptop wise or mm. anything else. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. We're also going to be doing a segment for Q and A's from our listeners. So, if you want to submit a question um, about anything related to pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, you can. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm at shellyattackibclc, or you can email me at shelly at and we would be happy to answer any questions you have. Yep. So let's talk about setting up your support system for after the birth. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that you should be thinking about before you have the baby during the pregnancy. Right. You don't want to be home with a screaming, crying baby, completely, feeling completely overwhelmed, and then think, oh, who can I call to help right. me? You kind of want to have that
1: set up beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Definitely people to support you who you implicitly trust and aren't afraid to set boundaries with if you need to, Mm -hmm. because you might have somebody close to you who wants to support you, but to them, that means just coming over whenever they want all the time. Mm -hmm. So, yep. And
0: so it starts prenatally. I don't know if you've seen those, like you can do like a Google calendar or they have other websites where you Mm -hmm. can set up a calendar and invite other people to sign up on certain days. Mm where they can sign up to drop off a meal or to walk your dog, or if you have other children to take them to the park or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's a good resource.
1: Yeah. Um, and then you've
0: probably heard that you should be stocking your, fr- your freezer.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a big one, especially for new moms who are um, constantly um, not prioritizing themselves at the beginning. It's so easy to forget to eat. And your body is desperate for really good nutrition, especially when you're breastfeeding, needing those extra calories and having things ahead of time prepared takes the load off late later.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. So having some casseroles in the freezer that you can quickly heat up, or even having someone drop off takeout doesn't matter. You're not going to be eating perfectly fine after anyway, mm-hmm. but just making sure that the food is there. And sometimes it can be really hard to even just heat up three big meals a day. Some parents do better just grazing all day. Mm-hmm. Like, um, some families I work with put up bowls of snacks, like nuts and granola bars and other things that you can yeah. kind of eat with one hand. Mm-hmm. And then you just grab a handful as you walk by the bowl mm-hmm. throughout
1: the day. And that's a good way to get their calorie, the calories in. I found yeah. having a, oops. I I did find having a, when I had like my baby changing station, wherever I like parked it for the month, you Mm -hmm. know, like breast pads, diapers, wipes, decetin, snacks, water bottles, like that's Mm. just having everything in one spot makes a big difference.
0: Yeah. And I've been worried. I've been in a lot of families home lately. I've been seeing this, like a multi shelf caddy that they get at Ikea mm. and they might have like their breast pump there with snacks and foods, nipple cream, whatever they need. And then on the second shelf, they have like diapers and it rolls. So if you're nursing in your nursery at night and then the living room during the day, they just roll it down the hallway.
1: Oh, that's so convenient. Yeah, so it's like a portable nursing So station, you're not, oh, I love which that. Which I love. Yeah. Love that. I actually took a picture of it because I was so impressed. So yeah.
0: Why do we have when we have babies? That's yes, exactly. Right? Yep. Yeah. We also should talk about visitors. I know we briefly mentioned like having people come over that you trust and that are actually going to be helpful And that starts at the hospital too. Sure does. So Nicole and I worked at a hospital together. That's how we met. And if we saw 10 people in a room,
1: (laughs) what would you say would happen? Oh, well, it was, it always made it so that they wouldn't breastfeed. I mean, they just, they don't want to, they don't want to. Moms feel very concerned about the people who are there to visit them, as if they need to entertain them, and they also feel uncomfortable, perhaps, with exposing their breasts to breastfeed the baby. But the truth is, is that I used to always say when I teach or I do say when I teach childbirth, if you're not comfortable to whip it out, you need to kick them out. Mm-hmm. So it, the baby needs to eat, and um, lots of company made me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Plus, if there's company, they're going to want to hold
0: the baby, which means the baby swaddled yep. in the baby burrito, which means the baby's going to kind of shut down a little bit and sleep through the feedings and not even cue yep. if they're hungry.
1: So it's almost a guaranteed weight loss. The right. Day. Yep. I also think that babies are so used to the calm, quiet of the womb that when they come out and there are a lot of people around, I found for my babies that the more outer stimulation, the more... Um, they either shut down or became fussy. It was like there was no almost in between. I just think that they can't process all of the activity and the noise and the sounds and the people and the sense that they're not used to. And their best protection is to shut down. And I find that if mom's can have that space with the baby, the baby's more likely to do as they should, Mm -hmm. which is their sleep, wake, eat cycles. And I find that last company disrupts it for multiple reasons including the baby's right. own natural response to sleep through the stimulation. Yes.
0: And babies biologically are expecting to be skin to skin. Right. That's where they are hardwired to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of families feel uncomfortable doing skin to skin with a bunch of people in the room because right. the visitors are expecting to be able to hold the baby. Right. Um, and also doing skin to skin involves a certain level of taking your clothes off. Right. Um, and some parents don't feel comfortable doing that in front of visitors. Right. But I do find that when you do skin to skin, you limit to the visitors and you spend more time focusing on the feeding and the newborn care. You tend to do better in those first few days, at least. Yep. So if you do have people who are visiting, they should only stay for like 15 minutes. Right. Having them come by, it's hard to say no to visitors at all because they love you and they care about you and they want to, they're excited for you, but they should come by and like take a quick peek at the baby and then just leave.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Agreed. You also want to invite people to visit you who are going to be supportive of your, your choices as a parent, including feeding choices. So Mm -hmm. if you are struggling to get the hang of breastfeeding in the hospital Mm -hmm. and your aunt sitting in the corner of the room saying, why don't you just give that baby a bottle? That's not going to be
1: helpful for anyone. That's right. It's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to be very selective and protect yourself in a way. Yeah, And I remember
0: with my first baby, I must've had like 10 people in the room. And by the time I had my third baby, we didn't really even tell anyone he was born until he was a week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just leave us alone. You'll yes. find out about him later. Yeah. Yeah. I have a cousin who did a, um, at her baby shower, um, did as for the favors for everybody had attached a little tag that she printed out and it was really cute. It was from like a message from the baby. I'm so excited. I can't wait to meet you, but please give mom and dad, two weeks before you, you know, it was like very spelled out, you know, mm-hmm. before you call to see if it's a good time. Like it was very, pointed and very well done and tasteful. And I'm sure that everybody who's never had children probably was like, what's that supposed to mean? And all of us experienced mothers were like, rock on. I mm-hmm. wish I thought of that. <laughs> exactly.
0: There's other factors to consider too. Like right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, so you definitely don't want a lot of visitors over. That's right. And most hospitals are limiting their visitor policy but also even in not during a pandemic you know there's flu season there's viruses always running around and the baby's immune system is still very immature so you don't really want to be passing the baby around to a bunch of people
1: that's right um, when
0: their immune system is not fully developed
1: mhm mm-hmm. so what are some ways to kindly tell people to get lost when they're overstaying <laughs> their shit? i found that it was easier well in the hospital i find it's easier for people if they could say you know, if they could blame it on the staff, the nurses said, we can't have any company today, or just blame it on the staff. You know, the staff will always support mom's needs in that way. So I think that they can do. Um, I've seen people for um, families, particularly who are the stop over anytime kind of families. Um, I have a a neighbor who used to live down the street years ago, and she had a baby and she put a sign on her door. And, um, Mm -hmm. please don't, you know, we're so sorry, but we're in this important period, whatever it was. And it was very good. I think doing it ahead of time as much as possible is really important because people are easily offended. They do get excited in the moment. And if you can prepare people ahead of time that, you know, we will let you know when we're ready for company. Mm -hmm. And if people show up again, you know doctor said, we can't have a lot of company that whatever, just Mm -hmm. pass it off. So you don't have the fight. And sometimes, but you know, partners or other people are better at stepping in and kind of being the keeper of the gate. And that can take the pressure off of mom, but whatever, you know, doing it ahead of time, I think as much as possible helps. I agree. Like setting those
0: expectations prenatally. Right. Having that discussion with especially close friends and family like grandparents who are probably expecting to be there a lot. And if they're helpful, that's great. Right. Yeah. But totally blaming the medical professionals and making them the bad guy. If you're um, feeling nervous about telling them not to come by is a great idea. And as a, as someone who works in the hospital, I've kicked people out of rooms all the time and I'm more than happy to, Absolutely. so you can even set it up beforehand with the nurse. If you know someone that's going to come by and visit, you don't really want them to, to stay too long you know ask the nurse to come in and mm-hmm. kind of kick them out gently right. after a certain time there's always an excuse for family members to have to leave maybe she has to check your stitches or your incision or the baby has to go right. for a hearing test or there's multiple reasons why they could ask the guests to leave
1: right mm-hmm. and just don't be afraid to do so
0: yep you also want to try to sleep when the baby sleeps how many of us have heard that advice
1: all of us
0: and how many <laughs> of us follow it not very well <laughs> but especially if this is is your, yeah, if you, this is your first baby, this is the only chance you're going to get. Yeah. Because if you have a second or a third, it's over baby naps are gone. (laughs) Yeah, You can't nap with a toddler running around the house. Right. Exactly. So take advantage of the nap time now. And so again, what does that mean for visitors? You can't
1: nap during the day if you have a bunch of people hanging out in your room. That's right. Yeah. Everybody needs to rest and nobody needs a room full of spectators. It's not a
0: circus. Mm -hmm. So make sure you have people signed up to drop food off. Once you get home, once you get home, your only priority should be feeding yourself, feeding the baby and resting.
1: Right. Everybody else can do everything else. That's right. Dishes. Yeah. Laundry. Yep. They can take the laundry home with them if they want do <laughs> yeah. Then they won't stay so
0: long. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea you mentioned of putting a sign on the door. Yeah. I saw that too with that at a family's house that I was working with where it said, thank you for coming. I love mm-hmm. that you're here. If you stay longer than 15 minutes, please help by doing. And then there was a like, list and they put that on their front door. Walk the dog, sweep the floor, things like that. Yeah. And a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable putting that list up, but I felt like it was a great idea.
1: It is a great idea. And
0: sometimes people want to help, but they don't know how. Right. So having a list right in front of them, telling them right. what exactly you need. Right. When you have a baby, you have a lot of, oh, call if you need anything. Right. Sometimes parents don't even know what they need. Right. So don't just offer, back that up by showing up, even if it's just dropping off food. That's right. Because sometimes they'll be like, I'm fine. I don't need anything.
1: They need to eat. Always right. assume they at least need to eat. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <And> <laughs> or run errands. Can I pick up some prescriptions? Can I stop at the store for you? What do you need me to do on my way there? Can I grab something for you while I come deliver your meal? Yeah, so those are the
0: kind of friends and family you want to have over. right? You don't want to have someone come over who thinks that holding the baby while you load the dishwasher exactly is helpful. What I've been wanting
1: to say, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they're helping us not to hog the baby for two hours while you get stuff done.
0: Mm-hmm. You should be
1: holding the baby, doing skin to skin with the baby,
0: bonding with the baby while they load your dishwasher That's and right. sweep your floor and walk your dog. Yep. And make you a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as knowing your friends and family, as well as you guys do, you know, which people will be, like helpful, in which people
1: won't. And mm-hmm. Some of you are like, it's your mother-in-law. We're not inviting her over. <laughs> I, If I were to do it again, which I never will because I'm old, I wouldn't have only you <laughs> because you're the person who I would never be uncomfortable with in any way. So like, if I need your help to get to the bathroom, I'd be okay with that. If my boobs were out because I was breastfeeding, I wouldn't care about that. I also know that you're a helpful you know, non-expected person, you come in and you, to a situation, always happy to help. And I, mm. um, yeah, everybody else can go home.
0: Right. I can't say enough how much I enjoyed not telling people yeah. that he, hunt, my youngest hunter yeah. had been born and yeah. with summer my second we did tell people that she had been born and we did ask them to wait a week and some people were not as good at waiting as others so when yeah. my son was born we didn't tell anyone really
1: yeah
0: but i do remember with my first you know i was bleeding out of places that i never thought i'd ever bleed and leaking out of places <laughs> right. and i was so uncomfortable I just remember the first visitor showed up maybe two or three hours after she was born. Mm-hmm. And I was still like kind of shell shocked and not, no, understand, not processing what had happened right. in my birth. And I just remember. Because so you wear like the mesh underwear with the mm-hmm. pad tucked in and, the, and then the hospital gown. That's pretty much all I had on. And the yeah. gown opens in the back. Yeah. And I remember sitting on the bed, and there must have been like five or six people in the room. And I had to pee so bad. I was too embarrassed to stand up and walk to the bathroom because I was afraid everyone would just see everything just mm-hmm. hanging out the mm-hmm. mesh panties. You feel and like everything. your uterus
1: is actually hanging yes. out. Yes. <laughs> and my
0: stomach was jiggling in a way it had never jiggled. Right. And I tried to hold it, tried to hold it. And I was in so much pain. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's terrible! And Don't you I, want to go back and hug your old uh, self, right? It's okay. Leave her okay, alone, yeah,
0: Exactly. <laughs> Get out of here. But I remember yeah. finally saying, out of just desperation, like, I think I said something like, "Would you guys mind taking a ten-minute walk?" Right. And half the people immediately were like, "Absolutely, no questions." They got up and left. But then, like, the other half were like, "What do you mean leave? Like, okay. I want to hold the baby." And I finally had to say. I have to pee, and I need you to get out of the room so right. I can get up and go
1: pee. Right, and even getting up is a process when yes. you just have a baby, especially a C-section. Right, you can't maintain everything. It's hard to move. You think you can just get up and walk? You can't. You don't recognize your own body. No, nope. exactly. Totally mm. true. You have to kind of get reacquainted with your own body. That's right, yep. that's so true. And some of us are more modest than others, and I was definitely on that where I didn't want everyone to see everything, you know. Too, you do with my Yeah, you got to do whatever you're comfortable with, with mm. no expectation for otherwise. When I had my fourth one, he was an October birth, and I had him on a Saturday night. And on Sunday, my family came to visit, and the Pats were on, the Patriots were on. And so my family thinking it'd be a great idea to put the Patriots game on. I can't even tell you how the sensory overload was killing me. I was so tired. I would literally be mid conversation. My head would drop. I'd wake back up a second later. And the noise stimulation was just too much on my tired everything. I couldn't handle it. And I remember looking at my then husband in tears and I said, Make them leave. And it was my family. Yeah. But I didn't. And I love my family. I don't think they meant anything, you know poorly over it. But I it was like, they were holding the baby and yelling at the TV. I'm just like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of need to, oh. you, as a parent who is
0: pregnant, loses 10% of their brain mass. And that is their body's way of rewiring your brain to become a parent. So the non-birthing parent loses 10% of their brain mass too, after the baby's born, once they start interacting on holding the baby. Right. So you're missing 10% of your brain. <laughs> Right, That makes it hard to process things. It, it does. Pregnancy brain is real. If you it's are legit. pregnant and you're leaving your keys in the freezer, there's a reason why. Right. Because you're missing part of your brain. So you have a good excuse. Now you can tell your boss, sorry, I didn't get that in. <laughs> I, I'm right. missing part of my brain. You're right. It takes a while to come back. And when it comes back, your brain is very different. It's rewired differently. So That's all right. of that rewiring and all those new connections take a, you know, they require energy and rest yes. um, and having a bunch of people over and getting Sleep. overwhelmed and overstimulated is not a good thing for no. you or the baby. That's right. The baby is also trying to make new connections in, yeah. in their brain and learning things.
1: I think since I've had a bunch of kids, I feel sympathetic toward pregnancy and, um, women who are having their babies in those first few months. I just want to like treat them the way I wish that I had, you know, support them in the ways that I wish I had been supported. Mm -hmm. It's like my view of everything changed after my first one, you know, which I think it does for most of us. But if I could just tell everybody else, Mm -hmm. (laughs) have a ton of mercy, you know, just don't expect anything and Mm -hmm. let her sleep. Yeah. I
0: think the best, the best postpartum, quote unquote gift that I ever got was someone she didn't even come in the house she dropped off a casserole a bottle of wine yeah. <laughs> and it was my third so I had two toddlers and she dropped off brown paper bags with crafts everything that they needed yeah so all they had to do was open up the bag it had the glue stick it had everything that they wanted to glue um, and that was like the best thing because it occupied my kids it provided me with nourishment. And then there was the
1: Right. Wine definitely (laughs) helps everything and lots of nutritious food. Definitely.
0: You want to think about who you're going to call for different help with different aspects of real life. Like who's going to walk your dog. If you can't find anyone like a friend or a family member, then splurge on a dog walker. Yeah. Or a neighborhood kid Mm, who would like a few bucks. Yeah. Because your fur baby, it's sad to say, is going to be slightly neglected especially in those first few weeks and not get the attention that they, they want. That's right. You want to try to eat healthy and
1: make sure you stay hydrated. It's so true. It's that eating and forgetting to eat and drink thing, going back to having casseroles and food delivered. Also having just handy, handy snacks with you where you're at, not in the kitchen if you're parked in the living room, because the truth is, is those first few weeks, you do a lot of resting with the baby. It's a lot of energy to feed the baby, accustom yourself to having another new or a newborn for the first time or another one. And you need everything to be simplified. Just be stocked close by with nutritious snacks. Every time you breastfeed, try to drink a bottle of water. Usually people get thirsty when they're breastfeeding as well. And that's a good reminder, but having things convenient is a huge one.
0: Mm-hmm. And who are you going to call for breastfeeding help? Who are you going to call at 2 a.m. when you hit your 2 a.m. wall? Because you will hit a wall at 2 a.m. at some point where you're crying and the baby's crying and you just need to call someone. So that they can kind of talk you down a little bit. And usually that's another parent who's been there, done that. So, you know, pick someone that you trust and let them know ahead of time. You're my 2 a.m. call. So please don't hang up on me when I call you at 2
1: a.m. because I'm desperate for help. And I'm literally pointing at Shelly right now (laughs) because she is one person that I would. I mean, I really can see. Mm. I'm sure I've called you in crisis (laughs) before late at night, whatever, for other stuff. But you need to feel that implicit trust you know, Mm -hmm. which I joke that if I die before you, you need to clean out my drawers. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the kind of friend she is. So she'd be the one I'd call, except Mm -hmm. I'm old and never doing it again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have an
0: incredibly high rate of postpartum depression and postpartum mood disorders in this country, up to 45%. And some studies show that that might be low, that there's actually higher. Part of that is our culture. Yeah. Um, We're not a village community anymore for the most part. Oh gosh, and so part of that is that our country does a really crappy job of supporting new families versus other countries where the postpartum depression rate is much lower. So if, especially if you already have a history of postpartum depression or anxiety or any other postpartum uh, or any other mood disorders, Right. you're going to have you're going to want to have someone on a phone number to call on hand, like That's a therapist right. that you might be already working with. Or if you're not already working with a therapist, reach out and get some referrals That's from right. friends and family so that you have at least the phone number of someone that you can call. Right. If you're feeling like, and everybody cries the first two weeks. Right.
1: right? Everybody cries. Everybody cries. It's when it has reached a level. And it continues and it is making you feel more overwhelmed than you feel like is healthy. And if you're not even sure, reach out for help, Mm. but don't expect to not have tears. Everybody has them. Um, I had my first experience with postpartum anxiety with my fifth one, never even dealt with anxiety and depression Mm. really before that and felt the opposite with the other kids. But there were some things, I had some health issues before I got pregnant with her. And then she was a high risk pregnancy because of those health issues. Then it was a difficult labor, which led to a, I wouldn't say emergency C-section. I was not put under anesthesia, but a, we need to get her out right now. C-section, which set me up for feelings of something is wrong. Something's going wrong. And it was my first C-section after four vaginal births and everything felt different. And there were other triggers, actually, in those first several days postpartum as well, that I can now look back and recognize, but Mm -hmm. I really struggled. And interestingly, I've always worked in the birth world. And my former husband was in mental health counseling. And neither of us really addressed it, Mm -hmm. which is very much USA. Yes, because it was like both type A kind of people. Mm -hmm. It was I don't know. I wish that I could go back and hug myself then and say, it's okay, mm-hmm. you know, to just say I'm not okay Yes. and I need help and mm-hmm. I hadn't, and I struggled a lot longer than I should have or, you know, needed to mm-hmm. had I reached out. So man, reach out for help.
0: Yep. Expect a lot of crying the first two weeks over little things, but if you're you're not feeling better after the two weeks then definitely reach out for help. I had postpartum depression with my first and it took me a full year yeah. to finally get help because I think there was a little bit of denial going on and that was not healthy. Yeah, I remember the first couple of weeks crying because I had to reheat my coffee for the fourth time. Like right. little, like I saw an ant on my counter and I melted down. <laughs> Right. Like little things that right. that are more related to the hormonal shifts in your body right. and less related to actual depression. But if they shouldn't, you should start to feel much better after two weeks. So if right. you're not, right. reach out for help and keep an eye on each other because partners
1: yeah. can suffer from postpartum depression too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very good point. Mm-hmm. Very good point.
0: Any other suggestions for supporting and self-care after um, her
1: birth. I would say one thing I would add is I do encourage moms when she's feeling ready to spend time nurturing herself however she needs to. So if that means, you know, even taking the baby and driving through, you know, Dunkin' Donuts drive-through to get your favorite extra caloric drink just because it's delicious and that's what you want that it's so okay to self-nurture in those ways. Mm -hmm. And it can help the long, exhausting days and nights. And Mm -hmm. um, it gives you some control. And, you know, when you can drive and when you're feeling that ambition to do something, you know, whether it's going, I don't know, whatever works for you, whatever you like to do to kind of fill your own cup, to do those things and don't wait to do them. Don't wait until the baby's three or four months. Try to start incorporating them when the baby's, you know, a few weeks you're starting to want to venture mm-hmm. out a little bit. Do something every day for yourself that feels like a treat. I completely agree. You I know. found that
0: leaving the house yes helps me immensely. And babies are very portable. Yes, they can go
1: anywhere you it go. It doesn't feel like it, but they will be fine. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. used to go to Target. Yep. Oh boy, and just I walk around. I spent a lot of money at Target. <laughs> after grace was born i think you funded their stuff i totally did i joke about it that it kind of like got me through Mm. a really rough year yeah but absolutely buy yourself that favorite magazine or a book that you've been looking at or you know a nail polish you think would be kind of fun it doesn't matter whatever fills your cup find something every day Mm -hmm. that will fill that
0: cup for you right Do not lose your identity to being a mother. And Nicole and I talk Mm -hmm. about this all the time because we Mm -hmm. experienced it ourselves and we witnessed it. And a lot of people, if you devote your entire identity on just being a mother, you will crash and burn. I promise. Your children should be the center of your universe, but not your entire universe. Make sure you keep some parts of your identity. If you play the guitar, continue to play it. If you take horseback riding lessons, do that as soon as it's safe. Don't drop everything else outside of mothering.
1: It's true keep holding on to those things. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not selfish by the way. I... I always thought those things like they felt like a spark. No, they're not. They're normal yeah. living. Oh yeah. And if partners and other people can continue with their lives, you should be able to as well. Right. Things adjust, but you don't let go of yourself. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is a bi-weekly podcast, so in a couple weeks, we're coming out with episode number two. Woohoo! We will be interviewing Justine, who is a pelvic floor specialist. I know. I'm excited for that. Oh, I'm so excited. She's I so sweet.
1: Too. Can you yeah. help me all these years later? Let's talk. <laughs>
0: so she'll be talking to us about pelvic care during and after pregnancy, how to stop peeing when you sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and we're so excited to have her. So we are looking forward to that. Tune in next week, two weeks. Yeah, Tune two weeks. Two weeks
1: for now. So exciting. Thanks yeah. so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, ShellyTaffibcLC.com, where you can check out our online
0: parenting community, The Baby Bistro. You can also follow us on social media at Taft IBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks.